I'm all caught up on Grey's Anatomy. Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. I Except this season. I'm not on this season yet, but because oh. I, I binge them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy to do. I watched all of Private Practice in like a couple months. Yeah. Privy Prack. <laughs> Privy Prack. How long did that last? Too long. Like yeah. six seasons. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It got ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, like that show is the Grey's Anatomy is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's it like, is. Because like every that. week something that might have never happened in the history of medicine happens at this one specific hospital. <laughs> and she's like, "There's a bomb in this man's chest." Yeah. <laughs> and then the doctors are like, "But also emotional problems." <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about bad books and sometimes really good movies and stuff. This is episode number two hundred and sixty-two. We've been now done as many many episodes as the number of consecutive years the farmers market in eastern in Easton, Pennsylvania has been running. Well, it's a pretty good success streak for a business. Yeah. So nobody had a sick day. Is it, well, presumably, like not the same people were there every day for 262 years. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But if you need goat cheese or uh, an heirloom tomato in Easton, Pennsylvania, is that the oldest one? I believe that is the oldest running one in the United States. Okay, if it's not, then it's really not like that great a fact. Well, like if you're the yeah, third yeah. longest running farmers market, it's kind of like I don't know. That's pretty good. It's probably the longest running farmers market in Pennsylvania. That, I would. That's probably fair. Also, weird. It's a weird East Coast West Coast thing because the longest running farmers market on the West Coast is probably like since 1975. It's like an, it's like an American Apparel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of things that go on just a bit longer than you expect, this week. We're talking about the 1993 Drew Barrymore vehicle Doppelganger. Yeah, Doppelganger. Doppelganger. That doesn't it? Does it have the? It has, has, has no umlaut. It has no umlaut. It does not. It okay. is umlaut free. Plain old doppelganger. Yeah. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by AudiblePodcast.com/slash/readandweave. Go to that address, sign up for a free trial membership, and you can get a free audiobook of your choice just for signing up. And you can support our show, keep the, keep the book and the support of our show, even if you cancel. Also, this week's episode is sponsored by Lauren from the, from Long Island. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, hey, Lauren. Lauren is an Episcopal priest. What? And she said, I love all kinds of crazy shit. I wonder how many clergy folks listen to your podcast. I'm sure at least a few. Or ex-clergy, now sex phone, or phone sex workers. Oh, yeah, Sister oh. Chan. Oh, Sister, Sister Chan. Chan. <laughs> I thought you were saying some no, nasty course, things about someone listening to our show. Somebody who episode. sponsored this episode. Yeah. 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 It's pretty it sounds like a Lauren is currently in the priest <laughs> phase of her career before she goes full phone sex worker. That was my priest phase. I dabbled around for a little bit in the early 2000s, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. the pan right behind me and up in your bitch is where you might find me laying that, playing that Jeep thing. She wants the nigga with the big. Yeah, so uh, if you are a, a, a member of the clergy, I would love it if you just drop us a little note and let us know you're out there. Or a phone sex worker. Yeah? Or both. Yeah. If you are one, the other, or both, mm-hmm. please let us know. Both are very intimate from. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they can be. Uh, so just just listen. Now we're curious because I want Lauren to find out. Help us with the study. Our most intimate strangers. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it's all from the movie, you guys. If you want to force us to watch any movie that you secretly like, even though you're a member of the clergy, go to readdutchweep.com. Sign up for the mailing list. We'll have more episodes available to sponsor soon. And thank you, Lauren. We really do appreciate it. I hope this does not get you in trouble with whoever is in charge. Uh, God, I guess. I don't know whoever's running your the Episcopals. <laughs> yes, God. Dan, for them, yeah. Dan Episcopal? I don't know how. <laughs> Lauren, you've got my support. This was great. <laughs> you have all of our support. Uh, let me introduce you to your panel. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And this is a great panel. Today, all recording live from our Portland studios. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, first up, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Portland right now. It's Chris Smith. Alex, I'm so happy to be here. I can't cook, but I can cut. <laughs> And I'll tell you, I'm just going to hold this giant knife Would in front you of your face around for the rest of the episode. Would you wander around with a 12-inch chef knife for the rest of the time we're talking? <laughs> just always have a chef's knife somewhere. Yeah, I can cut. Uh, also good that she didn't have a santuku. Less good for stabbing, although pretty useful in the kitchen. Yeah. 
that rounded tip doesn't yeah. really go into your dad Although the same way. Although pretty good squared off corner, you could get in. Yeah, you could do some some slashing. Depends where, like if you got him under the armpit or something. Yeah. No one's really stabbing your dad. He's just going to fall out a window and roll down a hill. They're not going to find the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only the blood. Out, out of the window into your house. Well, on. our house was on a hill. That was yeah. It was on a hill. Excuse me. <laughs> the biggest laugh line of the film Doppelganger. That was one of my favorites. Also joining us, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter, sitting across from me in our Portland studios, at the power button of the iPhone. Let's not do this again. Uh, it's Tanya Davis. Yay. I have prescription medicine. It's real safe if you want to take some. <laughs> I do For want what? anything that ails you. Do you, do you have what? a headache yes. or yeah. gout? <laughs> I, I have prescription medicine. This is good for bullet wounds. <laughs> and here's some Claritin Plus. There's a lot of... It says real safe on the bottle. That's how you know. <laughs> the warning label is just big yellow box. Real safe. Real safe. Feel free to take this and drive. Also joining us, he's at the, he's at Syrup Mountain on yeah. Twitter. Not at Shane Torres. That's somebody making fun of him. Please welcome in Portland right now and always and for a little while longer. It's Mr. Shane Torres. Thank you. You know how little girls feel about their daddies, Alex. Positive? Yeah. They say... <laughs> as great role models? Yeah. As great, yeah. Or, you know, murders. Uh, yeah, well, when, that, when your dad just disappears out a window, it just leaves <laughs> that a... gaping hole in your heart. Mm. Uh, did anybody notice the irony of that? Well, not irony, but when Fred went through... Did we talk about this already? I can't no, remember. No, we have not We didn't discussed. talk about it, but the bad Do we talk about that yet? I'm goes through a window yeah. also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this a good time to talk about that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, gonna... okay. I, that's my, that was my question. I didn't know. As opposed to, did we talk about this already in the last four minutes and I've already blacked out and forgotten? Well, we've been here for 40 trying to get you these microphones <laughs> to work. <laughs> uh, making his last appearance on the show, Mr. Shane Torres. <laughs> Going out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's Pull talk... Pull back the curtain on this. Let's talk about uh, Doppelganger in case you haven't seen it. Oh, boy. Uh, this is... As we mentioned previously, one of the reasons why Lauren from Long Island likes this is that it's, this was the year that Drew Barrymore became a woman in Hollywood. She was try- This was her like trying to be not thought of as a child anymore. This was her slashy, sexy film. Although yes. it's also three years after she put out her biography where she talked all about going to rehab. So she's uh, sort of a post-rehab uh. woman. Yeah. yeah. And pre-breast reduction surgery, you said? She had... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know the Drew Barrymore timeline. I looked into this, and something I didn't look for but found out was that she had breast reduction surgery in like 1992. So it's unclear if she had breast reduction surgery before this movie was filmed or right after this movie was filmed because this came out in '93. I don't know when this was filmed exactly because I didn't uh-huh. get that deep. Right, and you and and you couldn't tell from the blood shower if they were freshly reduced. I couldn't. <laughs> You're talking about that scene where they discern. just put grenadine all over? That grenadine bath made it real hard to tell. Chris, why don't you summarize this film oh, for God. us in the style of your sexy, dangerous ghost twin? <laughs> no, not that part. Okay, not that part. Okay, okay. Just you with more lipstick and... Uh, and a slightly huskier voice. Yeah. Okay. Maybe because you're secretly a man. <laughs> Spoiler alert. All right, Chris, go for I it. Summarize. secretly a man. So that, <laughs> that works. Um, so Doppelganger is a movie uh, from the year 1993, and we all remember the early 90s. It was a heady time where everyone was moving back to Los Angeles. Uh, Drew Barrymore is one such person. She grew up in Los Angeles. She's moved going to back, back to Cali, Cali. Yeah, and then she's moving back to L.A. to uh, find her fortune. And she moves in with uh, Patrick, who is a writer. And Patrick uh, advertised a two-bedroom, but it's only a one-bedroom. Secretly a one-bedroom. And what a And he's very jerk. excited to have a pretty girl roommate. Uh, and don't worry, Drew Barry is old enough to buy a beer if she wants to. Um, she's, I thought she was she's, like 18. Yeah, she's 18. But Patrick, Patrick's pretty sure she's old enough to buy beer if she wants to. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. That's right. So it's not a weird thing. But not, she's a not little legally, young. but if she really you wanted know, it. You know, Chris, we should touch on the reason that most of us moved back to L.A. in the early 90s, which is because in when we lived in New York, we stabbed our moms to death. <laughs> oh, right. So I neglected to say that Drew Barrymore has a split personality and her other personality is made of murder. Um, yeah. She, she stabbed her mom to death. Supposedly. At, allegedly. Yeah. And then she's moving back uh, to reclaim the family fortune. Uh, she only needs to stab one or two more people to be <laughs> the only Just one only more recipient. stabbing. Just my one last stabbing and then like, I can retire. There's her brother who's in a mental institution and, and is comatose uh, for a while. And then there's, uh, what, some sort of uh, lawyer family who might be lawyer, in the way. Yeah, yeah. 
there's a uh, a shrink who who might be in on it. Um, mm-hmm. Who who Drew Barrymore had been sleeping with, um, and together they're going to get this fortune. That was but, the guy she was sleeping with in that scene where he like touched her socks and she moaned really hard. Yeah, yeah. In the she was that's really a good move. That's a, that's what I use all the time. <laughs> I don't know if they were sleeping together so much as he was just helping her get undressed erotically. <laughs> she she yeah. was so into it. Yeah. She was, he was just pulling down her socks and she goes. She was just like losing She's it. Like, oh, yeah, so dirty that sock yeah. taking off. Mm. Yeah. Man, that wool nylon blend. You yeah. can't imagine what happens when you touch any of the sensitive parts. Because her calf drives her nuts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Those socks go all the way up. <laughs> oh. uh, so so she's basically using Patrick to uh, get rides places. But that's her, her evil personality. Because, I mean, he has a car and she doesn't. Yeah, um, but her good personality is just like a really good person. And she does the cleaning and she's really sweet and she wears... Pearl necklaces. It's a bed. cross over her bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She wears a pearl necklace to sleep and to shower in. Yeah. It's like a hotel robe everywhere she goes in this movie. Yeah, with her huge monogram hotel robe. God, rich people will have it great. She's (laughs) she's Holly Gooding. Is that the dream? Well, it'd be nice to just have my initials on everything. Her robe was a little short to be fully comforting. I thought I didn't. If I put that robe on, I'd just be like, I don't know. I feel Showing a little leg. Showing a little more leg than is reasonable. It's like it's like Will Arnett's robe in that episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. like a sexy. Yeah. I don't even have to go all the way. You know, she was yeah. she was wearing some pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya's laughing, which she's trying not to. For those at home, <laughs> trying to hold it in. All right, so uh, so Patrick's trying to figure out what's going on with this girl because yeah. all of a sudden, you know, he's got this roommate and she's hot and she's friendly. And they start sleeping together, but then she's like, I have a split personality. You slept with my other personality. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> Which <laughs> is a super great thing for a lady to say to you in the morning. Yeah. She also doesn't say, I have a split personality. She's like, I have you a, may, the other one. You may, yeah, you may have, she may look like me, but she's and you me. may be doing dirty stuff with her, but I don't have to know yeah, about it. Yeah, she's all pouty, too. Like, she's like a little girl when she's mm-hmm. acting, and now she's like, that's not me. Like, That's not what I would do. Give me well, a fudgesicle. Her range is not super <laughs> not, great in this movie. No. Or well, ever. But, but just as a thing to wake to like the morning after the lady, that's probably like one of the worst things that they could say. Is you didn't sleep with me, you slept with my sexy violent ghost <laughs> yeah. twin. Although if you're against morning cuddling, you know... <laughs> You don't yeah, have to true. cuddle with her. She's like, don't touch me. That wasn't me. Yeah, That is true. Well, yeah, you know it doesn't go well when you wake up on the kitchen floor and she's in the bed. Like, they're like, <laughs> so they do it on the floor and she doesn't even, like, drag him to bed. And there's just worms <laughs> where like, well, hey, what the hell? Yeah, there's a worm that might have been brought in by the cat. You want me to, yeah, look, I'll sleep next to this body. cat food. Yeah. You know what they say, early cat brings in the worm. Yeah, then they say, nope, the early cat doesn't have to cuddle if you're a jerk. (laughs) So Patrick's trying to figure out what's going on, and it's like every once in a while he'll see doppelganger Drew Barrymore across the street, and she won't respond, or like just weird things keep happening. Like there's an FBI agent a couple doors down in the apartment building who's spying on her. And like in one of the greatest scenes in this movie. In this film, you guys. One of the best scenes ever captured in film. Is Stanley White. Agent FBI, of agent. FBI. With six to nine different accents. <laughs> yeah. Just telling you all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. But that, uh, yeah. so eventually, uh, she has to go. The, apparently, the doppelganger, who may be the split personality, may be a completely other, like, physical person. Wait a second. So, cut to the end. We know that it's a guy wearing a really great rubber mask. Does yeah, that mean that he slept? Of rubber masks. Does that mean that the night he spent with Drew Barrymore wasn't Drew Barrymore? No. It was the dude in a rubber mask. No, no, no. She has a genuine split personality, but he and poses then he's as using. Her. Uh, yeah, he po- so he poses I see. as her split personality. So there's three people stabbing. being her essentially. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. her. Her when she's having her other personality, and then a dude in a rubber mask who stabs people. Yeah, anytime so she's like standing far away in glasses and a head wrap and not talking. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of looking menacing, and the music goes boom. Right, that's, that's him. So she's got split personality disorder, and he's he knows that, so he's using that to dress up as her and murder people. Yeah, and saying and no, also, it's your fault when you're in your split personality. As shrink, he is uh, convincing her split personality to go on murderous rages. Right? Yeah. Wait, did she, she genuinely she, she, ca- she totally, killed her mom? She totally oh. killed her mom. She and she killed. She did other stabbing. She stabbed her brother as well. Oh, but that uh, wasn't him. Yeah, he's just. I thought the one who broke into the hospital was him. I thought the one that broke into the hospital was the dude too. Clearly, this movie is super okay. clear about who's so. doing what. <laughs> We gotta rewatch it yeah. to really get all of it. Okay. It's like no, Xanadu I or did something. Rewatch it and okay. it didn't help. So, so here's the thing, what? everyone and and podcast audience is: if you're already confused, 
it gets better. <laughs> because... Sorry. At the very end, yeah. uh, it turns out, so the, the shrink guy who has been using a series of masks to lure her to the house, and he's going to commit her to a mental institution and claim all the family money. He's going to kill Patrick. He is the Scooby-Doo bad guy, right, in all the masks. And there are no meddling kids. He's going to get away with it until way, Drew Barrymore. Wait, the way the way they reveal the masks is he they walk by all the masks sitting on dummies, yeah. and yeah. the mask then says plays the quote from that person from earlier in as the movie. As he's remembering. As like, oh. yeah, just remembering them, including the FBI agent saying something that he hadn't said in the movie, which was like, hello, I am Jack White, FBI. Yeah, he never said that. <laughs> which he never nice said. to meet you. Yeah. Well, and no instead, of having, like, instead of having, like, foam heads and, like, clothes hangers like a normal person, no, 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 he dressed a series of mannequins and put the rubber mask very carefully on each <laughs> so of them. So there's like the actual certainly person. some weird sex stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh so, like, like, he's what? having sex with the, mani- the, yeah, the yeah, mannequin? Yeah, he's like, I, like he wants to scream his own name as someone else yeah. during yeah. sex. Okay, yeah. so we've got this weird Scooby-Doo villain guy. Yeah. He's going to win. Until and you think that's a crazy ending? That's Shane a... even stopped there because he thought that's a crazy ending. It must be over. But wait, there's a giant worm. I, yeah. Real quick, so okay. The you remember Mission Impossible, the first one when John Voight is yeah. tearing off the yeah. Like, yeah. Was that because that was around the same time as this film? Yeah. I feel like it was was just props they needed. Like we got to figure something out to do with this. Everybody, but yeah. Just... We've got one full time guy at 20th Century Fox who makes latex masks. Yeah, how can we use him? Yeah, Stanley. We need you. Yeah. Stan, you get to keep your job. I'm paying you to sit on your ass, Stan. Yeah. Get out there and make something. Okay. It gets worse because it turns out Drew Barrymore's split personality means that she can turn into another creature from another world. There's like crazy horror movie monster effects where she turns into a giant worm and then that worm turns into two Skeletors? skeleton like little like stick thin. They look like the muscle fiber like medical journal things you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah but, but like really gross and wet. Stre- but, stretched but and half, if, yeah. Yeah, half as thick as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And they have knife hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if a, if a medical journal had, like, commissioned Giacometti to, like, make yeah. a bunch of... Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know if this is coming across strongly enough, you guys. It's a normal movie starring all humans until <laughs> one person splits into two monsters with knife hands. No, and those monsters come out of a giant worm. Yeah. Like, the person turns into a worm, <laughs> and then the worm splits in half to reveal two, like, knife hand monsters who then fight each other. First, first. and one of them just knocks the other one onto a couch. Onto a couch, yeah, that's how these fights and go. Then there's one, and then the one remaining knife hand horror monster... Uh, basically can also control the wind, importantly, mm-hmm. and uh, picks up the psychiatrist uh, and flings him out a window through which stained like glass. To, yeah, which I'd like to think is dad window, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. dad <laughs> window. I think it's the same, same window. And then he crashes and, and lands on top of a wrought iron fence and he dies. Well, oh. so he doesn't roll down a hill. Yeah, so it's not dad window. The body doesn't disappear. Well, dad window. got flung a little farther, I guess. Yeah. 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 There's, There's a lot of hill. foreshadowing in this movie. Yeah, the yeah. more you think about it, the more there is foreshadowing about the... the a little bit about the monster, just because she gets that foam web hand she before she stabs people. At the very before beginning. she stabs her mom. Yeah. And then there's also a worm left behind after sex. And there's this uh, one... Yeah, okay, there's okay, the, uh, which okay. You... All right, but let's just agree that sticky hands and a worm left behind after sex are not foreshadowing of her split personality being two alien monsters inside of her that can separate and fight to the death. Yeah, uh, you, know, then, you don't get it. Poor foreshadowing. Once the deed is done, she fuses back together into Drew Barrymore again. Yeah, mm-hmm. where she has suffered a stab wound and then yeah. has to go to the hospital. Yeah, because yeah. because psychiatrist stabs one of the stick monsters. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't monster. prevent stick monster from so. killing him. Yeah, but it's just like, you know... Yeah, Dr. Stick Monster Jekyll doesn't care about being stabbed, but then real Drew Barrymore is super bummed about it yeah. later. Well, Stick Monster still has work to do. So Stick Monster just fights through the pain. I think metaphorically what's supposed to, to happen is we're supposed to believe that she like had split personality disorder and it was cured by enough stabbing? Well, it was cured because one enough stabbing will cure killed anything. the other <laughs> one, one Stick Monster personality killed the other Stick Monster personality. It's sort of like Fight Club. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. yeah. What if Fight Club, the reveal, had been a giant worm that space Norton alien scissor hand? Into two worm <laughs> stick people. Would have been better. Is, yeah, one of them is... Oh uh, my yeah. god, you guys. This fucking movie. Yeah. I, like, I, I thought it was kind of boring until all. the alien space <laughs> monster stick people. You thought it was kind of boring until then? Yeah. I loved, uh, I loved his sidekick. Patrick's sidekick, his writing yeah. partner. Oh, yeah, she was great. Yeah, he has a buddy, Elizabeth, um, who is totally into him. Yeah. But is like, just like a mouthy, like, She's brassy, mouthy, yeah. and her hair is curly, so she can't get the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right. Well, this is, let's get into That's our the compliments. most realistic part of this film, by <laughs> the way. That's true. That's true. Let's jump into our compliments, though, you guys. Uh, we still like to start and end every show with a compliment sandwich. Shane, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in our major compliment. Which do you prefer? I, I'll go last. Okay, great. So, Tanya, first or, or second to last? Um, I'll go first. It's Go fine. for it. I Well, I liked a lot of things about this film, actually. Uh, I just called it a film, so clearly, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, rising in my esteem. Go but a on. lot of the, a lot of the writing bits are really entertaining. Like there's there's one scene where Patrick they he and his writing partner Elizabeth meet at this cafe to do most of their work mm-hmm. or most of their loudly talking about doing work, which they never seem to do. Because yeah, um, they're in LA. And one of the best things he comes in, and sits down, and she starts in with this premise, and she says, "Okay, so one of the vampires is white and female, the other vampire is black and male. We've got an interracial vampire buddy cop love story." <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, if they just followed that through, I would have watched that movie. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a movie Tracy Morgan would have had on 30 Rock that they would have <laughs> yeah, talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah that would have been good. <laughs> Black Vamp or something like yeah. that. Is yeah, what they were just like yeah. Dracula and Hooch. Yeah. <laughs> one of them only, fo- only plays by the Book of the Dead. And the other one... <laughs> All right, uh, that's awesome. Chris, what's your major compliment? You know, I just got to piggyback on that because that cafe has the funniest caricature of L.A. I've ever seen, which is first, it's two real estate uh, ladies uh-huh. who are talking about, they're, they're like Southern Belle real estate ladies uh-huh. who are talking about <laughs> showing this guy around to different houses where he fucks them. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I showed him the Laurelwood house and he just, he fucked me all on, on the kitchen counter. It was fabulous. <laughs> we just had a fabulous day. And then uh, I'm thinking about showing him, showing him the Kensington house and oh man, that'd be great. And they're just talking about sharing this guy, showing him different houses. Yeah, the other one's just like, yeah, I should fuck him at this place. You know, yeah. I, I want to show him the, uh, the Henderson house. Um, so could I get my black patent leather corset back from you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like, the, they're just having this I, conversation. And in the credits, that's Psycho Slut number one and Psycho Slut number two. <laughs> oh. And, and like they have like so there's them. There's the people who look that's like funny. they're in the band Skeleton Crew. They're just like long hair down <laughs> to whatever. And there's there's like I muscle would... guy with the short shorts and the sideways stripy shirt. And it, it's just L.A. in the early '90s personified. Yeah. And I like the psycho sluts. I did. I like. I didn't catch that. That's, that's what my they were actually saying. No surrender for this. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'd like to fuck him in a two bedroom, but I think he's looking for more of an open floor plan to fuck me in. Yeah. And the sight lines are a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, I want to get fucked with some track lighting around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the very least, take my socks off yeah. with some spotlights. That reminds me of a uh, of my line that I would have used to be introduced by my favorite line from the movie, which is, I'm a slut, you're a slut, let's get some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> or who wants coffee? Uh, but my major compliment is for, okay, when you have a movie with this bananas of an ending, you yeah. have to have some simplicity in the rest of the movie, I think, to contrast it. And so the concept of sexy, dangerous ghost doppelgangers... They just decide to just tell you what they're talking about fairly early on. Oh, where, incredibly early like, on. And for like the first five minutes, she's kind of cagey about why she, why he saw her doppelganger. And then later, she's like, yeah, I have this ghost twin, and you can have sex with her if you want. And then later, he, uh, her roommate goes to, the, uh, goes to the restaurant and is like, what is this about doppelgangers? And then his writing partner just opens up a dictionary. A pocket dictionary. A pocket dictionary that she has on her and just reads, this is the definition of doppelgangers, like right to the camera so that we know the game we're playing. Doesn't we he understand? ask her, he's like, do you know German? She's like, you know I know German. <laughs> like, that's, 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 she just pulls out a German to English. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just read it. No, like, oh, how convenient. Merriam-Webster's defines doppelganger as, yeah. and then just go for it, and then you just have that to work with. And then you graduate from yeah. high school. That was the most yeah, like exactly. impressive part. Yeah, absolutely. Was like using the German <laughs> origin of that word yeah uh, yeah i was like oh, this guy's not too dumb yeah, yeah yeah it's uh it's when you gang up on two doppels yep yeah good one which is a kind of german apple <laughs> you're gonna help me or am i gonna try to struggle with this uh, one yeah, I, I want to see if you I, can I even get see this. where it's going <laughs> i want to see if you can I even make contact ride. on this pitch what are, those, what are those sweaty germans doing to those apples <laughs> swinging probably something my... super weird <laughs> swinging them are still on <laughs> <laughs> all right shane what's your major compliment uh major i um the writing. No, uh, yeah, sure. no. I like uh, 
I like Danny Trejo's cameo in it. <laughs> Danny Trejo! That was probably my favorite. Oh, as, awesome. the, as the sexual harassment construction worker? Uh, the, the Latino <laughs> sexual harassment construction yeah. worker who just is like, my sister wouldn't be walking around like a jaggle bone. Like, or whatever. He's, <laughs> it's not even Spanish. Like, it's just like, he just, it's like, it's just like, oh, you can just say whatever you want, machete, I guess. That was like, I was like, I watched it and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, and he just like, and he just like grabs his nuts at her and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then she just like, and then she like knees him in the crotch, and all of his friends are like, "Oh, do they?" Or what? It's so weird. I would kill you. And then she's like, "I'd like to see you try." I've stabbed like three people already in this movie. Yeah. And then when uh, I like Patrick's car. Oh, yeah. he's his convertible. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, it's not a great car. But but it looked like a great car. Yeah, and me. then it turned out to be a great car. Yeah. It, well, Being I was modest. Yeah, yeah, I was complaining about that. I was like, he said he has a terrible car, and then he has this beautiful convertible in town. I was like, well, it doesn't have the top half, so he's missing that. Yeah. So it's really just like three quarters of a car. <laughs> do we ever see the top up? Yeah, we do. It he offers. One. Yeah, he offers to put the top up. I was expect. Well, when he offered, somebody. I was expecting she say yes, and he just pulls out an umbrella or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Let's play uh, for our anchor segment today. For our, our hate segment, we're going to play King of Bullshit Mountain. Yay! Chris, you are reigning champion of King of Bullshit Mountain. Okay. Probably. And uh, so here's how this is going to work. We're yes. going to ask questions about the film, things that were confusing or weird or we didn't understand or didn't like to Chris. And we're going to try – he's going to have to answer it as if he is the god of this movie. And if he can't answer fast if enough – stumble. Or he stumbles or if he gets it wrong, he falls off the mountain. And whoever asked him the question that caused him to stumble is the new king of Bullshit Mountain. Okay. Chris. Yes. Uh, I'll start you out. Why does she take a shower in blood and or grenadine? Well, the blood is a metaphor, Alex. She just uh, bathes in metaphor? There are many dream sequences. I think there are like four or five dream sequences in this movie. And they're all about the metaphor about the evil within. So she is, uh, when she's showering, that's how you get clean. Uh-huh. And she's and notice that Good Holly is obsessed with cleaning. Oh, but yeah. then uh, instead, it's the blood and the sin of what she's done in the past that, that she's bathing in. And so it's not – when she emerges from that shower, she's not covered in blood. Her bathrobe doesn't have a splatter of blood on it. Right. It's a metaphor. But she still touches her boobs a lot in, in the blood. I feel like that was just Los Angeles County regular water. <laughs> <laughs> it was a super good answer until you got to the boob touching. I was like, oh, that was a really serious point. Good well, point, Chris. Oh, yeah. When she bathes in the sin is when she sort of does the switchover because after she comes out of the shower is when she seduces Patrick for the first time. Yeah. So she For the goes first time on being... purpose. Well, or was that the no, first time overall? The first time first overall. Because ah. she comes out of the shower and she's all soft and sultry like. Right. And then that weird music starts playing and then they make out. Yeah. On the and then the Santa Ana winds bust open the but that it also is actually her alien personality turns out that makes it yeah, whizzy. Yeah, control alien the wind. sexy personality. Yeah. More foreshadowing. The and when she freaks out when the truck drives by. Yeah. And she's like, is that an earthquake? Like, wh- how big a truck is this? That <laughs> yeah. It's going by. And she's like, because in the and she freaks out at the end when. The whole building goes crazy or whatever. When it tears yeah. apart, you know, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. You know what would make me jumpy too? The threat of my sexuality rending forth a building <laughs> and tearing it apart. <laughs> I, I'd be a little jumpy say. too. I'm like, I'm looking out for your homeowner's insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, definitely not covered. Yeah. Is that an earthquake? Sexual, sexual, sexuality. Sex-related earthquakes. Nice. Definitely sexuality. not. Not in the policy. Yeah. yeah. Well, his but not explicitly not, not covered. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Questions? Hey. Keep going on that. What were you going to say? Your no, explanation? I just, no, I just wanted to. No, I was just going to point out that that Patrick's uh, explanation about the the shaking is like there's a truck that comes by once a week because they're building a thing, but it's almost done. <laughs> <laughs> How does he know that? Like, who notices that? Yeah, is the other, I, yeah. I guess he stays home all the time, so like, maybe that's. He yeah. notices that there's one truck, but he doesn't notice what it's for, and that it shakes the whole building that much. Yeah, yeah. but he's also trying to say because he's trying to sell her on. Staying at the apartment and and living there. So what he's saying is like, oh, it, it shakes when a large truck driving by drives by, but it only happens once a week, and it won't happen very often. So you should just sign the lease. Oh, I've got something for you. Okay, Go for it. What's okay. Up? What's up? What is up with all the pigeons? Oh, well, yeah. What the fuck? Pigeons are dirty city birds, and okay. she <laughs> is a dirty city girl. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> not buying it. No, this is Tanya's wait, not wait, buying no, it. Let face. Me, let me no, no, let no. me give you some pigeon examples that sure. I don't know if you're thinking of. Because yeah. okay, so there's the pigeons outside the window during the psychiatrist sock removal, uh-huh. and then there's also uh, there's a I can't remember. It's like after a particularly like violent. I think it's after they're like love making on the kitchen floor. They then cut to a, the, like a cage of pigeons who are all like shaken back and forth. Yeah. And maybe she's What's just like her mother. Pigeons? She's never satisfied. What's up with Do, those pigeons? There's also the there's also the cage of pigeons outside. Yeah, that yeah, are kept the, yeah, at the. Uh, but it's yeah. not like we don't ever see Mike Tyson up there. Like, you know, <laughs> where's Mikey? <pigeons. laughs> Where is Mikey? Why? Yeah. So what why, the, Chris? What do the pigeons symbolize? Well, try again. As a, oh, try again. <laughs> as I was gonna say. Pigeons are, uh, they're, so A, birds are closely associated with dreams and a lot of metaphors, again. But the other thing that happens are is they? pigeons are, are dirty and grimy. And, and the thing is that they are a symbol that all is not right with the world. If there's a pigeon inside, hmm. you know, you don't want that pigeon there. You know something's <laughs> up. Yeah, but if there's like, a no, swan inside, you're equally distraught, yeah. right? Swans will fuck you up. Pigeon if, is just like the sign that things if, aren't going great. If there's a swan... <laughs> Bird in your house is a good sign. It's all a different level. Yeah, it's, it's like American bald if you, eagle. If you don't own any, <laughs> if you don't own any birds and there's a bird in your house, when are you like, yeah. oh, this is a good omen? I'm oh, so glad this mallard is here. It's 4,500 swifts that are all living in my apartment. <laughs> oh, good, they're living in my file drawer. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just where I hope they'd be. I'm gonna say this is a bobble, Tanya. You're the new king of, of bullshit mountain. Okay. Well, I'm gonna start you out. Mm. Mustard and grape jelly on toast. Why? So that's Toast Highsmith, by the way. That's Patrick's famous toast. So Patrick seems to have a tendency to name ludicrous dishes after himself. I bet he names his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Dick Highsmith? Profanity is fun. (laughs) (laughs) He's Chris the King again. (laughs) I think he won. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Chris, you got him back. Oh, shit. Chris, new king of Bullshit Mountain. Do you have a question for him? Yeah, who did craft services on this? <laughs> Are you just quizzing me on the credits? I want to be very clear. Yeah, I feel... No, um, all right. Yeah. Related to the movie. <laughs> the, um, the... What is it? The scene where, uh, she's, um... Like uh, crucified, essentially. Like it's yeah. one of the dream sequences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's like that neon blue cross. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was that about? <laughs> what was that about? Well, it's just so. It's a great weird. question. Yeah. That's like, why is he question. having her dreams the whole time? Yeah. You know, yeah. like you know what? I, like that's the thing. There's like 19 dream sequences in this movie. Yeah. And none of them really have to do with the person who's well, dreaming. Okay. He's learned that she. Before has you answer, split, okay. sorry. Before you answer, I want to say I. That's my favorite dream sequence because he like in this dream he's like something is amiss and so he walks into the bedroom their bedroom and she is crucified on the wall and he tries to get her down and she is super unconcerned about the fact that she has nails through her wrists possibly like he's pulling at her wrist restraints and she's just like uh-huh yeah okay and then there's a other Drew Barrymore sneaks up behind him and stabs him yeah some stabbing also, afterwards there's also just no bed in that bedroom in that scene it just occurred to me that he just like crosses the room there's no well she just hangs out yeah it looks it's weird because it looks it yeah. like it's been ransacked like it's been robbed mm-hmm. or something yeah, yeah. someone yeah. stole the bed but yeah. left the crucifix yeah. but left the yeah somebody left the... this nail gun <laughs> oh god <laughs> I guess we'll do some redecorating yeah <laughs> All right, sorry. So, what does that represent? What does it represent? Well, is what Shane asked. clearly, like, so he knows she has a split personality. There's good Holly and there's bad Holly. Yeah. Right? And he likes to sleep <laughs> with bad Holly. Uh-huh. But he, yeah, he really does. likes good Holly. Good Holly is somebody he wants to protect and, you know, it, like, fall in love with. Yeah. And so he's concerned that good Mom Holly on the street, yeah. is exactly. being. Is, <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's concerned that good Holly is getting ruined. By bad Holly. And Hanging so, out with the wrong crowd. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And so she, good Holly is up there in this, you know, being uh, her own religious nature and her own, like, uh, piety is being turned against her. Mm. She's being crucified. Uh-huh. And then bad uh, Holly sneaks up and stabs him in the back. You know, right. as, as an unintended, uh, it's like, hey, this isn't going to go well. Shane, what did you like start to say when he was saying about how she's like two different, like one of them sexier than the other? You were like mom uh, in the streets? Yeah, like a uh, whore in the sheets. You ever heard that one? I've, not not heard, that. I've yeah. never heard that with Lake mom. I've heard that. I've never heard mom Something in either on the of those situations. Well, you know, whatever. Mom in the He s- mentioned it, you know. <laughs> mom in the streets and like aunt in the sheets? What do yeah, you mean? Sure. Aunt? I don't, aunt? I don't know. Cool aunt? 
cool. Like mom cool is like, very serious, and you can have as much sugar as you want. I don't want them both to be family members. I think you. Maybe you don't. All right, like like them in the sheets. Like like healthy sandwich with sprouts in the streets. And, and then, then ice, ice cream sandwich Heisman, in the sheets. Then toast Yeah, toast Heisman <laughs> in the sheets, maybe? Oh, I thought you were going to say tostada in the sheets. <laughs> yeah, sure. Tostada in the sheets. <laughs> it's a racial thing. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, why is he so calm when he finds out that he was having sex with the dangerous ghost twin or her other personality, whichever it was? He, he takes it real easy. Okay, so Patrick seems like a normal guy. Yeah. But he's a writer and stays home all day and basically just, you know, watches a lot of crime TV. Uh huh. And I think he's been desensitized to split personality disorders. Because there was a lot of that going on in, uh, in 90s soaps. Oh. <laughs> oh, sure. I, oh, yeah. Tanya, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to, this was going to segue into a question I have for Go you. Go for it. Because. He's so he's staying home all day and clearly like clipping crazy stuff out of the newspaper and sure. pasting it up around his apartment. And he listens to records called Lonely Woman. His listed record I actually liked his record collection. I don't not what they looked like, but they sounded great. Yeah, yeah there so were a lot tunes. of there was some a little bit some, of mambo. Yeah. That makeout music is some of my favorite music. Yeah, there's solid traded. makeout music. Yeah. yeah. Uh but so one of the things he clips out and puts on his wall is something called the Exorcism Diet. And I really want you to detail for me <laughs> what you think that is. Uh, it's it's a lot of vomiting, firstly, <laughs> right? Because the devil's inside you. Um, but, mm. but then, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, a lot of bouldering on inside your apartment. So uh, uh, where you diet? That's an exercise. That's yeah. not really. Yeah, it's not really. No, a diet. I think no, I think you're blowing this one, Chris. All right, Tanya, you're you're king of bullshit mountain again. Woo, Tanya. Unwittingly. Why do they medically sedate her when they arrest her? And is that, how common is that? So. I think there was a, a confusion of communication because she's not only the family member of the person who's been injured. So basically what we're talking about is right after her brother gets stabbed right, uh-huh. at the mental hospital where he's staying. By someone wearing a, a really convincing rubber mask of her face. Yes. Yeah. So it's what it seems like happened is they go to her current residence to inform her that her brother has been stabbed and might not live. And, and then they also realize that she's the prime suspect because there's both the police person, there's like the sheriff who's there to arrest her, right. but then there's also an ambulance. And so it seems like <laughs> she has become hysterical and then they start accusing her of having committed the crime. Sheriff, and so, sheriff in the streets, ambulance in the bed. That's right. Ambulance in the bed. <laughs> you got to be sedated. <laughs> for <Okay>. this. So, <laughs> yes. Tanya, another question. Uh, would you pay $420 a month to live in that apartment? In L.A. in 1993? Yeah. If I just moved to L.A. because I murdered my mother? Yes. Right. Probably. Why is that? Yeah, I think the, the having murdered my mother thing really does change what change. I'm willing to Wait, pay. Pay think... rent? Yeah. Why is that? Well, no, when you're... You might so... want to take the first thing you have available. Mm-hmm. You're not exactly. going to wait a lot. You, you don't have a lot of time to shop around. If you're on the, the run, you got to weigh your options. You don't just take the first thing and go. I no, think. you're not on the walk, but... Sean, Shane. You're on the run. You have but... to get in there and make you decisions. Think about it. Shop. Think have you about never it. killed your mother my... before? Do you not know what's going on? But my argument for this would be... Think about what she gets in Patrick. He is gullible as fuck. He <laughs> yeah. totally, yeah. he takes her on, he sleeps with her, like, sexy side, and then is, like, weirded out, but not too much by the fact that she then explains <laughs> that that wasn't even her. Yeah, she's, and then she's super later, about it. when she gets arrested for murder, he has her back and goes to the ends of the earth to prove, like, it wasn't her. He helps hide the bloody knife after yeah. she murdered somebody. Yeah. He finds evidence that she, in fact, did stab her brother and is like, no, 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 no I don't believe this. This is a mistake. <laughs> she made an excellent roommate choice. That's true. Really he was a, he was a good call. Yeah. The fact that he was willing to cover for her when ends continued to, like no 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 this is just a mistake that the knife with her brother's blood on it is hiding in her bedroom. Let's just I'll throw this out for her. I'm sure it was an accident. Oh no, it was even worse. It was hiding in his closet. Yeah, because he's yeah. like moving out and it's like oh no, how this dirty knife get here? I'm sure yeah. it's not anything. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it's not what it looks like. Okay, here's a question. Um, Quickly, so they go to, up. Yeah, okay. They go to a Hollywood insider party. Oh, I was going to ask about this. Okay, why, yeah. don't we, why don't we do your question? Uh, my question is, uh, <laughs> like, the guy just, like, there's that scene where she's just like, you want Coke? Like, is that, that happens at the party, right? right? Yeah. 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 Has that ever happened to you? Like, no, it's expensive. How does that make me king or not king of bullshit mountain? I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not good at asking, I'm not very familiar with this game. Now he's just asking the last time. Like, I'm very specific. I'm not thinking of metaphors. Like, the fact that you guys are thinking of metaphors about this film is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so Shane's just wondering if you would like Coke. Yeah. <laughs> 
The following radio play was sponsored by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that address and use it anytime you buy stuff online and you help support this podcast. Born in the fires of a space volcano, he bravely fought in the space crusades for both sides. Now wholly good and slightly incontinent because of a lightning strike, Space Shark travels the world trying to stop the dastardly pirate lion who wants to rule the universe with an iron peg leg. Today's episode, Office Space Shark. Come in. Hey, I'm here to see Pirate Lion about the henchman position. And you are... Ha! Pirate Lion! No, I'm not him. I'm a sexy ghost twin. Pilot Lion. Are you playing a joke on me, sir? Are you secret shopping me? Yar, Linda, is that somebody here to see me? No, my God, there are two of you. We're different lions, actually. I'll be a swashbuckler's monkey uncle. Aren't you a handsome devil? So are you, big guy. I love the eye patch. Yar, and I your goggles. And your braided beard. And that uniform and carry-on bag. And your windswept mane. Uh, excuse me, pirate lion. You had me write all these interview questions. Would you like me to use them? Nar. You're hired. No, you're hired. But there are HR rules. We have to check his work history, credit rating, his LinkedIn connections. There's a sexual harassment training. You have all those? We have all those? Excuse me a second. Linda, you're a great secretary, but you're ruining this for me. I'd be about to hire my sexy, violent ghost twin to be my henchman. It's perfect. I don't think it's a good fit. He seems like he might have murdered his whole family. Look, he's carrying a bloody chef's knife. But Linda, I'm hiring an evil henchman. He's supposed to be evil. Oh, right. Good point. Pilot Lion, you're hired. Ah, ah, Space Shark! Oh, no you don't, Pirate Lion! You can't alter the Earth's gravitational pull in order to... Wait, there are two of you? Nar, It's a sexy, violent ghost twin. But anyway, this is my office, Space Shark. You can't just explode in here and affect my HR decisions. Why not? The bylaws, man! The bylaws! You can only foil my plans if you catch me in the act doing something evil. But my hiring and firing is up to me. Yeah, it's up to him. Good assist, new henchman. But but you weren't following the bylaws when you kidnapped the Galactic Prime Minister, or when you held the Miss America pageant hostage with your ship's laser cannons, or when you blew up Australia. Arr, that's the downside of your newfound morality, Space Shark. I can do whatever I want because I'm already evil, but you have to follow the rules in the bylaws. Also, I didn't do the last one about Australia, but it's a good idea. Ah, chum buckets. I'm just... sorry, I should... You just piddled. I've got to go. A dental uh, appointment, more of just a cleaning, really. Anyway, you guys are cute together. Uh, that's a good hire. Uh, ah. All right. As I was saying, we'd like to officially offer you the position of... Position of... Did he say we're cute together? He did. You know, I'm not really feeling this anymore. Yeah, me neither. I'm gonna go blow up Australia. Me too. Will Space Shark's goodness keep him from stopping Pirate Lion? Will Pilot Lion ever find a job with his spotty resume? Find out next week on the adventures of Space Shark. And go to read-weep.com slash Amazon anytime you buy stuff online and you can support great Space Shark dramas like this one. Man, the weirdest thing happened this morning when I was trying to roar, but it came up as a hiccup instead. That happens to me, too. If I didn't hate you to the core of my bones... I totally love you. Me, I'm like a pilot. G5 jet, I'm flashing. You cannot deny it. Ow, now, 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 now. Bitches be on my dick. Designer threads, I'm flashing. You cannot deny it. Ow, now, 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 now. Better back up off me. Okay, so now for a final game, uh, really quick, I want to play a game called Do the Twist. Come on, baby. <laughs> Let's do the twist. Come on, baby. <laughs> Get around, Chris. <laughs> you just want to do. You just want to make it a sing along. You don't care what it is. <laughs> Why did it get Christmassy? B a n a n a n. Okay. <laughs> Karaoke legend Shane Torres. Pretty impressive. Uh, so we're gonna play do the twist. So this movie had. A ridiculous twist ending, yeah. followed by 
a much more ridiculous <laughs> twist ending. Yeah. Call that the one two. We call it the one two, and we're gonna we're gonna add a three, four, and five. So what I want to uh. do is I want to like brainstorm some ideas of what twists we would add. And so any any time we'll just in any order, someone say another twist that you want to have after the worm twist. What would something else you'd like to see happen? Okay, so we smash cut to a flying saucer above the Earth, uh-huh. and the flying saucer is f- being driven by a race of these worm people. Oh, okay. Okay, and they have on their projections the L.A. real estate market. <laughs> and their goal... <laughs> is to is- get rent for a one-bedroom over 432. That's right. <laughs> and then their their options and their futures market. Yeah, sure. They bought yeah. a lot of they bought a lot of uh, yeah. Of, and so that's what this whole thing was about. Of skips on the market in uh, in that's, L.A. That's right. That's I like right. that a lot. Okay. So then after that, <laughs> yeah, we cut to the other twist, which is their their bosses are another spaceship full of actual doppelgangers of everybody from the movie. So, like, Drew Barrymore has another doppelganger, but she's an alien driving those aliens that are driving the worm that's inside Drew Barrymore. Okay, what are they up to, then? They are, they are uh, just hanging out in space. <laughs> uh, just on their coffee, uh, like it's a union-certified coffee break. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't, Drew Barrymore's <laughs> doppelganger alien is pregnant. Oh. <laughs> yeah, twists! Yeah. <laughs> I think, with whom? And, and yes, yeah. it's pregnant with Prince's doppelganger. <laughs> no, Tom Green, because remember they were married for a little bit. Oh, oh, they sure were. Yeah. Well, I like the idea that some, like in a dream sequence, someone is rubbing her pregnant stomach, and then Carrie style, a tiny hand reaches out and grabs her wrist <laughs> through the belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a twist. Yes. <laughs> right, but then she wakes up from that dream, and she's just about to meet this guy at, that's uh, going to sell her a uh, who wants to rent her half his apartment. Oh, so it rewinds it. it re- so none of the other things past that have actually happened. She's just a lady who killed her mom and is running away. Yeah. And then Whoa. she wakes up from that dream, and it's just, she has a normal life. She lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she like, works, in, <laughs> works in accounts receivable, and it's <laughs> totally fine. And she's like, that was weird. For like a forklift truck yeah. company. Just, yep. uh, I'm not so sure I should eat Chinese food anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then she pulls off her particularly uh, believable ro- uh, uh, rubber mask, and behind it is a an animatronic. She's the animatronic wife of a guy. And they've just replaced all their wives with the animatronic ladies. Yeah, because it's not Grand Rapids. It's Stepford. It's Stepford, Stepford, Stepford Michigan. Yeah, though yeah. the sign falls off the other sign, and it turns out it's Stepford, Michigan, <laughs> not Grand Rapids, Michigan. It says population U underneath. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, then it turns out that Elizabeth had a fake mask, and she was masquerading as the psychiatrist. So the lady killing yeah oh my yeah. god I lo- the, the rubber I masks offer an endless variation <laughs> oh, of twist yeah, endings no. where the psychiatrist pulls off the mask and it's actually just the roommate and he's just trying to have something interesting happen yep. yeah yep. and then he pulls off the roommate and it's the uh it's the cat yeah it's like nathan, the cat. nathan the cat <laughs> why did i drag all these bodies in here yeah it doesn't men in black where the entire universe they're living in is actually just a bell on his collar yeah yeah Spoiler alert. Well, because he says at one point he's trying to write Breakfast at Tiffany's as a horror movie. So That's he could true. have engineered all of this just to like further fuel yes. his so crazy, Skip the racist upstairs neighbor. Yeah. Is, there, is this movie arguably Breakfast at Tiffany's, the horror movie? <laughs> Twi- there are. She's wearing those pearls a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do they steal something in it? They steal something in Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? Yeah. That seems like an important... I don't know. Yeah, but it's not a heist movie. Yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> not really a movie That's if you want to get twist. technical. <laughs> no, <laughs> once, once she heals from her stab wound, they yeah. decide to start robbing banks. And then the twist <laughs> is they pull off their masks and it's actually the song Breakfast at Tiffany's. <gasps> and it's a long music Deep video. Blue, by Deep Blue Something. By Deep Blue Something. Yeah. And it's all them just hanging out in, in L.A. making a music video. No. No, 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 no. They pull off their Remember masks. Remember the film? And they're wearing and they're wearing like president masks, and then there's surfers who are following <laughs> the banks. But one of them is actually an FBI agent. Yeah. But he pulls off his rubber mask, and he's actually the president. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then you get a sign that says the end. <laughs> <laughs> Go 
All right, you guys, let's do the second half of our compliment sandwich. We're going to go in reverse order. So, Shane, you're up first. What is your last nice thing you have to say about Doppelganger? What is your minor compliment for Doppelganger? Um, I'm happy Drew Barrymore made it out of that. I guess she seems like a nice person. She made it out alive? Well, like I guess she's like she still has a career because that seems like a real sinker for some people. Yeah, it does seem like this could. Like I wonder, like I I didn't do it, but I wanted to IMDb that director and see if he'd done anything else since then. It's a good question. Probably we wouldn't want to spend the time googling this. No, it's a, unless yeah. we could snap our fingers and then it cuts to the part where we finished googling it. And then we take off our mask. <laughs> Nope, Chris and Tanya are not interested in doing that. Okay, no. great. Uh, yeah, she did seem. She does seem nice. Yeah, that, that, that's probably my favorite part of this movie. Oh, I like the soundtrack. Really? <laughs> no, no. That no, one no, last song time, last time I was on, last time I was on, she gave me a lot of grief for like, liking the soundtrack, <laughs> and she was right. My that's a, endless love. Uh, the, yeah, I kind of like the dance scene at the party. Was really funny to me because the way they were dancing was like. Insane! Like someone who had never danced before would not mm-hmm. dance yeah, like yeah. that. Like yeah. Yeah. that was like Jesus Christ! This guy is not going to have it was a like career. Drunk toddlers were like, I guess it's sexy. Yeah, like yeah. he's just like, yeah. he's just like, touch me. He's like walking in place. Like that's his dance move. Like he just moves the, his, his arms in front of his chest, but like. Like, he's walking, and that was it. That's probably... Yeah, I like that. It was also, if anyone at a party to me says, no, I don't dance, I just like to watch, that's not somebody I'm going to talk to. That person doesn't <laughs> get to go, go to parties anymore. No. It's a creepy thing you to lost say. lost your party pass. <laughs> My minor compliment is for, I think, Tanya's line, actually, from the opening of the of our show, which is, I have prescription medicine. It's really safe. Do you want to try it? Uh, it made me wonder how safe it really was, so I learned this. Uh, side effects of prescription medicine may include drowsiness, skin rash, and trouble breathing. Do not take prescription medicine if you may be pregnant or may become pregnant. Ask your doctor if you're healthy enough for sex. Wow. So, there you go. That's what she didn't say. Don't joke around with it. Yeah. I just want to know if anyone's ever just verbatim asked their doctor, am I healthy enough for sex? <laughs> Can my boom boom take it? <laughs> Thanks for seeing me, Doctor. I have a question that I don't feel comfortable emailing <laughs> you. I my boom. <laughs> I know I'm getting up there in the years, and my boom boom doesn't have as much boom boom as it used to. I guess I just wonder Do how... Do I have enough boom boom for the cha-cha? <laughs> if I bring a lady back to my boom boom room, will we be in trouble soon? <laughs> It's got real weird. Chris, what's your minor compliment? Did you have something to say? <laughs> She's laughing so quietly. I have nothing. <laughs> I don't understand what just happened. Chris, what's your uh, minor compliment? Oh, boy. Um, there are a lot of things that I liked about this movie, but one of the things <laughs> that defied explanation was Stanley White, FBI agent. Um and yeah oh was that gonna be your minor compliment? Uh oh, <laughs> I loved that scene so much. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna let Tanya talk no, about Chris, it more. It's fine. No, I can't do it justice. I wasn't even gonna bring it up because I can't explain what was so incredible about it. So well, many things. They got this actor who delivered this very intense monologue, like Stanley White, FBI. Look, here's my badge, and he just throws it to the floor afterwards. <laughs> and he's like holding Patrick <laughs> up to the wall, like slapping. Are you fucking her? Are you fucking her? That's he's like, amazing. I don't think that's any of your business. Yeah, I'll tell you personal question. Like, I need a lawyer, I guess, for this question. Like, Do you think this is right? Wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he, he goes through like a few different accents. Yeah, he goes he through a few out different. Sounding kind of British, yeah. and then he gets real country. It's really confusing. Yeah, but um, it just the, the I like the like high school gossip version of an FBI agent, where he's like, "Do you like her back? Do yes, you no like her back? <laughs> Check yes or no. I need to know. Winter formal is three weeks away." <laughs> Yeah. Do you think she'll go to Winter Formal with me? Answer me! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he was really funny. And again, like, so many characters in this movie were in different movies than each other. Like, he was trying to basically be in Chinatown, I think. But (laughs) not as a horror movie? Yeah, not as a horror weird sex twin movie. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh... Horror sex twin movie. Oh, man. Germany has a word for that. (laughs) Tanya, your turn. What's your minor compliment? Um, minor compliment. I really liked New York Drew Barrymore's style. I thought when she got to LA, she started wearing too many white tights. She wore a lot of white tights. That is a weird because they're fun to take off. Why do do people wear white tights? They don't. Uh, Only children wear white tights because they can't help themselves. (laughs) 
Because today they're dressing up as a person with white tights, and that's a fun thing about being a kid. Well, as I an mean, adult, you don't get to make that choice. It just, but it represents a time when we were putting tiny daisies on everything, and everybody was wearing weird, yeah. like miniature houndstooth dresses that ended yeah. several feet above the knee. Like nothing was making <laughs> a lot of sense Although, in nineteen ninety-three. Tightwise, Drew Barrymore's mom, played by Drew Barrymore's actual mom, what? really wore white fishnet tights. She did. Okay, wait. You guys, we got all the way through this without talking about the scene where Drew Barrymore stabs her mom to death. Oh, and, uh-huh. and her mom like, ah! and her mom's reaction to getting stabbed in the chest is to do roller coaster arms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was. I know, like she's constantly not defending herself. Yeah, yeah. she really yeah. doesn't put her hands anywhere near places she could get stabbed, like her yeah. entire torso. <laughs> Or try to dodge or duck or anything. She's very much like, look, no hands. So she gets a big stab to the chest. She gets up off the ground, staggers backward, and then opens herself up so she can get stabbed yet again to fall through a glass coffee table. But like four times. She figured like if she got stabbed that many times, she'd have enough to like walk herself in a bedroom. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) do something productive. And then later while she's leaving, they try to sell her a photo of her getting stabbed with her arms in the air. (laughs) But it's like $30. (laughs) She's like, oh, I don't like what I'm doing with my face in that one. So I think I'll just have to, we'll do it another time. pass. It's all right, thanks. But for $35, you can get two of two different sizes. (laughs) Well, the wallet size I could really do something with. That's a good point. I have to say it's in the family because when her brother gets stabbed in his hospital bed, he does the same arms. He does, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He does roller coaster arms. It's like the same director who has no idea what it's like when people get stabbed was giving them the same stuff. Also, I mean, I don't know much about getting stabbed, but the person doing the stabbing, she did like just a lot of repetitive down motion like she without was just even like, getting close yeah yeah just just kind it's, of stabbing wildly it's like in cartoons Stab where in your dark. legs start running before you start moving yeah yeah it's like exactly it's very cartoony <laughs> yeah like it, you won't get stabbed as long as you don't realize you're getting stabbed yeah but once you realize ooh, yeah watch out yeah just a sign she puts up a sign that says ouch and then gets stabbed a bunch of times <laughs> but yeah in, in new york drew barrymore dressed more like a real human and i liked her yeah. big coat and her like weird head wrap situation i thought she looked good i think it uh, should be good for a photo on that blog uh drew barrymore's of new york oh yeah, yeah. that'd be perfect for but they're all and they all have like weird little sad stories about their lives yeah yes i came here from this country a poor drew barrymore <laughs> <laughs> i came here from this country <laughs> That was some good improv, Chris. All right, you guys, that is it for our show. Uh, sorry to end on a mute. Well, I had a good run. <laughs> you did fine. Uh, that's it. We'll be back again next week. Next week, I appreciate you guys joining us. Next it was week, a good guys, try. we're talking about Left Behind. Yeah, new Nick Cage movie. The remake of Left Behind. I hope they still have the song. We will not be left behind. That was the favorite part. But now with Nick Cage... Playing Kurt Cameron, right? Is there anything he cannot do? I wonder if his pants will fit. Nope. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. Uh, so that join us again for that. And thank you again, Lauren from Long Island, for sponsoring. I hope this doesn't make you any less Episcopal. I don't know. I hope you don't get in trouble. Big yeah. ups, Lauren. Yeah. It was this was big a good ups time. to Little Island. No, it's big, Long Island. Uh, I came here from this. <laughs> <laughs> I came here from this island. It was long. <laughs> uh, we really do appreciate it, Lauren. Thank you so much for sponsoring. If you want to sponsor, read-weep.com, sign up for the mailing list. If you have any feedback for us, we're on Facebook.com slash weep on Twitter at read underscore weep. And we're pretty we're pretty good at responding to people on both of those. Not as good as we could be, but we're pretty good. And oh, Weird time to rank yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You always got to give yourself room to grow. We're right. in like the I'd say 80th percentile of Twitter responding from companies that are... Really, just a couple of people with microphones. Yep. <laughs> it's a weird use of the word companies. <laughs> yeah, right. Are we not a company of humans? Yeah. Humans of company. That great blog. <laughs> anyway, uh, so thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for getting in touch with us there. At C. Walter Smith. Yes. Is where you, you can meet Chris. And <laughs> at the Tanya Best. You know it. It's a great Twitter handle. It is Hope good. Hope you like chili. <laughs> <laughs> That's her catchphrase. Also, yeah. uh, definitely follow Tanya on at the Tanya Best because she has some projects to announce soon. It's going to oh, be very exciting. See, yeah. if I say that, you have to... I'm mostly making chili, you guys. <laughs> she has some chili-related projects. Yeah. 
She's also cooking up a little mm. podcast of her own. It, nope. Now no, that I've said it out loud, you have to actually finish it. you got to take the mask uh, off. And you're gonna get... Yeah, you have to reveal the rubber mask. She pulls out the rubber mask, and it's actually just a can of chili. I am actually just a can <laughs> of chili. Four cans of chili standing on each other's in a, in That's a trench coat. That's why I like Drew Barrymore's trench coat so much. I'm looking for one of my own for all my cans of chili. I mean body. Human body. <laughs> Uh, Captain Crutch's Oops All Beans Chili. Oh, boy. <laughs> you should never let Captain Crunch run your chili factory. <laughs> he doesn't know the first thing about chili. He's How's he going to learn if you don't let him? <laughs> Stay in your lane, Captain. <laughs> oh, this went off the rails right the last second. Also joining us at Syrup Mountain is Shane. Thank you. Shane, this is your last uh, last read and weave live in Portland for a while. You're going to be doing them from New York in the future. Oh. Well, that'd be fun. It'll be fun. Nice. You'll be great in New York. If you're... Come to our house. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I have two friends. You have two friends, you have two friends in New York. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, your going away show is the 11th? 10th. The 10th of October. Uh, so... And it's in just a few short days. Yeah, in a few short days. About Portland. a week, eight in, days. Yeah, this will be out on Thursday, so like a week and a half, a little over a week and a day. Yeah. Anyway, come see come see Shane's going away show if you're in the Portland area, Bossa Nova Ballroom on the 10th at 8 p.m. I think so. Yeah, you should yeah. know. I'll tweet it. I'll you tweet will it. T- I'll tweet it. it. Follow him on Twitter. Anyway, uh, Shane, we are all going to miss you here. Oh, and and it's and we wish you the best. Thank you. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. I agree uh, that both of us I'm not, figure I'm not, out it I'm was not too a genuine. Sentiment. Yeah, I know, because we're not that way. We looked at each other and we're like, oh, this is too genuine. Someone's got to fuck this up. Yeah, did and it first. That, yeah, well, I went to it. I was scared. Chris could have jumped in. I saw all that emotion and I pushed it away and I feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I feel safe. Yeah. All right, we'll be back, everybody. Goodbye. Thank Thanks for you, listening. Lauren. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>